Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the special episode of We Gotta Talk. My name is Sunny, and this is the show where we dig in on issues. I'm really excited about today's episode and guest. This is someone um, who I have started to get to know offline, and I am just so excited to introduce you to. The theme this week is spiritual evolution and reawakenings and past lives, or past lives, or past life regression. So Meredith Willits is the host of Meredith with a Y. She is an international thought leader. She is blowing up on TikTok and all the social media channels, really known for her um, direct but compassionate advice when it comes to all things life. So you're going to love Meredith. We're going to bring her on shortly. But I want to pop on with um, producer Rachel for a second. So I feel like we're going to get known very soon, Rachel, as the like uh, the psychic medium show or the spiritual podcast. We have delved into this topic multiple times before, but this is different this time with the addition of the past life regression. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I'm here for these guests all like we need to rebrand the show and make it like the spiritual awakenings with Sunny or something like that. Something what was the um oh the the psychic network remember growing up in the 80s was that what was that like yes the psychic network like we are we need to be their spokespeople. I fully am subscribed to the belief though and we've been very candid about this you and I on other shows um and first of all the existence of a spirit and soul and the belief that there is some life to that soul beyond our corporal death, like the death of our bodies. So um, you have really cool and interesting sort of experiences with this. So I wanted to like share with everybody your, um, your medium stories and your past life story. Yeah. So a very, as quickly as I can, I recently uh, went to see a medium in Salem, Massachusetts, right before Halloween. And of course I thought, oh, this is going to be like a tourist hokey like, I don't know if they'll be very good or not, but yeah. I've been to some very good mediums whom everything they have told me that was going to happen happened, or they were able to pinpoint super specific things like, what's wrong with your teeth? And it was like, there's nothing. I was just at the dentist today. And they were like, okay, that's their way of validating that like they know what was going on because that's like a super random thing, right? For right, right. To tell you. But regardless, the coolest thing I did in Salem was they did um, an aura picture, your aura, like your aura, it's purple, like from- um, and Wait, so, is that you? That's me. So <laughs> we had to- Look with your mask on. Yeah, we had to wear masks there. So This is I, your COVID compliant aura. Okay, show us. Yeah, yeah bring it a little closer. <laughs> there we go. COVID compliant aura. So I have blue and green and yellow energy and the green energy is very, is, is healing energy. And the theme of this whole sort of reading was like, I'm a healer, but not in the like traditional sense of, of being a doctor or whatnot, but that I have a lot of like healing energy. So the green is your mental state is social. You're a natural healer. The yellow, the energy flowing into your field is optimistic and light and then the blue is others experience my energy as cool and calm, which I think you would agree with yes. because oh you're, you yes. tell me about like, I just know if Rachel's producing the show, everything's fine. I lay my life in your hands, Rachel. <laughs> I say, okay, don't you. give me that responsibility. I might no. be a healer, Sunny, but I don't want to be responsible for all that. 
fully buy into the expression of your aura as calming and healing. Yeah. You, you were fiery for a while and you have really, I, I would say the past, we've known each other uh, maybe 10 years now. And the majority of that time has been like an evolution toward a seriously calm and collected person. And I've always commented um, to you about your, your own journey sort of from the outside. You can see the peace in your face. You're one of those people like, who just radiates that calm outward. So I fully believe that that was accurate. I just am curious though, when they took the picture, like what kind of camera do they use for the Aura picture? It's like, I think it's a, some kind of a program that they use. It says um, Aura Cloud 3D or a vid report. I don't know, it, it was like a webcam on the top of a computer. And then there was also something for my hand. Um, to put my Ooh. hands on. And then they explained more details about my chakras. Like it told me which, which chakras were blocked and things like that, which were all a hundred percent spot on. And they actually correlated very directly with Randy Lee, who did, who was a yes. guest. Um, a human design guest. Exactly. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been told that my heart chakra is blocked and needs healing. Mm -hmm. She's like, you've been told that? I was like, mm -hmm, I know I'm working on it. <laughs> to me, it is such an endorsement of these types of practices when you see the, those, not um, those readings, I was gonna say predictions, but when you see those readings line up like that, I, it's yeah. just, yes, I believe so, it's so much more than coincidence. Yeah. It was very validating. So many of the things that they said were spot on because I had this 3D aura picture taken. And then two hours later, we went to see the medium. And the like the first thing that flew out of her mouth was like, you're a healer. Okay, past life reading too. And the person that you did that with had said something about you being a caretaker for a big group of people like you yep. were the older sister of a yep. family, a large family or something. Yep, I was the oldest sister. And I had to care for all the siblings. And my mother was a midwife. And um, there's a tragic end to that story, but that was a past life that explains a lot for now with my connection with some people in this lifetime. And then with something else you made me think of. Um, oh, oh, uh, the other guest, Lumi, who the yes, astrologer, celestial astrologer. Yeah. Uh huh. She said that in my past life, I was a healer and that I was probably a nurse or something. Um, and that that's why in this lifetime, I've, I've completed that and want to do something else. I love so it. lots of validation from so many different people who don't know these things, but you've done um, past life regression, right? I've never done past life. I've done what hypnotherapy. I did, yeah. So rapid transformational therapy. We're going to talk about that with Meredith too, but I'm such a believer in accessing with whatever modalities are available. What's truly in our in our hearts and in our spirits and in our minds. And it was so healing for me. I talked about this with you and I, I did a separate episode about RTT a while back. So you guys can go back. I think it was in the summer of this year, which is 2021. And uh, the imagery of comforting my child self was so powerful to me. Mm -hmm. And it was so healing in a way that it, I, I was incomparable to any other thing that I've done. And I've done readings and therapy and traditional talk therapy. And that to me was just a real key. And I can bring forth that image now when I need self-compassion or when I need a moment of peace even to, oh, it was so powerful. So yes, uh, so, yeah, I've done so much. 
Yeah, we both have. I think it's time to bring Meredith in so she can give us a little more like specific insight into how these things, you know, it's one thing to gather all this information, but then it's like, well, how, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? And how do I apply that? Like you were right. just saying with right. your childlike self. So I'm right. going to see you guys later. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so excited to listen to what Meredith has to say. Oh, okay. um, and you guys have fun. Thanks, Rach. We'll see you at the end. Let's bring on Meredith Willits, host of Meredith with a Y. That is W-H-Y. Meredith, hi. Hello. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us live. Does all of that ring true, the things we were saying with Rachel? It's so interesting how so many different people can pick up on the same things that they otherwise would never know. Yeah, it, it, it is really, really powerful. And so often I have conversations with people and they're like, Everything you're saying I know is true, but it, it's so validating to hear it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that validation, even for myself, because I've done past life regressions, and even the fact that I did past life regressions, you still clamor to hear that in someone else's voice. So it is very, very um, soothing to the soul to know that you're not crazy, that this is real and whatever. But for me, actually, the past life regression piece and the mediumship and the psychic for me, it's just this really beautiful comfort of knowing that this isn't all that there is, that, mm -hmm. that, that there is actual energy in another life out there. We are existing on other planes right now. Um, and actually, I've done past life regressions with people for people because I am a regressionist um, where the only past life they visited was in this lifetime. So as you were just saying, going back and healing that that inner child, that younger version of self, and she and I went to different points in her childhood and worked through those things. And her body didn't, her, her subconscious didn't want to take her to a different lifetime. What do you think it is that we're searching for, Meredith? And I think it's important to acknowledge, as I always do when we talk about these these types of subjects, the spiritual side of things, that so many traditional religions recognize the existence of the soul and whether it's Hinduism, where there's, I believe that's like where, um, you know, Nirvana and the concept of reincar soul reincarnation happens, or in the Christian tradition, there's the concept of heaven and the soul existing beyond. I mean, every religious tradition has the belief in the soul. Why is that? Is that humankind's need to be validated or is it really ringing true because it's true? Right. No, totally. And and what I like to say to people, because people like tangible, right? They they want to know. And so I always go to science because I'm my, my I although I do this, I also have a very scientific mind. So what I say is we are energy. We are protons, neutrons, electrons, right? And so energy is neither created nor destroyed, which means if you are in this moment watching this live stream, then that means you always have been and you always will be. You cannot be destroyed. And so I think that people are moving towards this like spiritual awakening and path and really trying to find themselves because we are moving into an age of not going somewhere not necessarily going to church. We don't want to have a middleman between us and our mm -hmm. higher self or us and God. And so it's kind of all becoming very back to self. Um, and where you're seeing the hypnosis and we're seeing people going to mediums, we're seeing people turning towards spirituality and away from church because of the fact they want more answers. They want the validation that they really are going to either come back or that this 
completely irrational fear of bridges. I had a client yesterday who had an irrational fear of the sea. And so we did a past life kind of reading over the phone, not a regression, but a reading. Um, and we saw that she was a dolphin that was attacked and killed by sharks. Very bizarre. But Wait, like, how? Walk I me know. through that. How does she see... Is that frequently happening where people see their existence as like another type of life, like a, an animal or a plant? I've never heard no, of that before. No. So it's so bizarre. So I started doing actual like past life regression reading, which means that it's almost like a psychic reading or a mediumship reading. But instead, I'm actually looking at the past life. So have you been here a long time? Um, or are, are you a new soul? So there's no such thing as a new soul, but there's a new soul to earth. So we, if you study this, you know that there's like three waves of volunteers that have come. It, it all sounds crazy. I understand that. Um, kind of raise the frequency of the earth. And they're kind of like angels. They have really high frequencies. They haven't been to earth before. So they're coming directly from source. And so you can see that. And so as I was talking to this gal, um, we were talking and, and I'm like, I just see a being a dolphin. And so it's like, I'm seeing it. And then she's said after that, oh, wow. Well, I'm deathly afraid of the ocean. And I'm like, okay. So we actually played with that energy and went back to her as a dolphin because we can be animals. We can be reincarnated as plants. Um, if you, if you look at the Dolores Cannon books, um, she's the one that created quantum healing hypnosis technique and with the past life regression. And um, she talks about how we've been plants. And this is where you see people that are huge animal rescue or they're super interested in saving the planet because mm -hmm. they were dirt. They were plants. They were animals. You know, these people that are super obsessed with whales or working at a zoo and you and I are like, uh, I'll take a dog. Um, so, right. So, so this is where you see that real extreme. I have this one girlfriend from high school and she's really into saving um, dogs, specifically the German shepherd, shepherd dog. And I'm like, well, the writing's on the wall. She was most likely a German shepherd dog in a past life, like, or something to that effect. So these passions, these fears, this longing, this desire, this push, a lot of times it's coming from past life. So tell us in your belief system and in the research that you've done in working, uh, in, in studying this and working with clients, if you were to make a flow chart of the soul, or exp explain in detail what it looks like for that bundle of energy that you just described that right now is encapsulated for us in human bodies and where it goes from there and how it disperses and what's next. Like explain in detail for us what is like generally happening with our spirits. Yeah. So um, another good place to read about this, if everyone wants a little bit more information, would be Between Death and Life by Dolores Cannon or Many um, Lives, Many Masters. Those are two great resources to also, I mean, this isn't just from me, right? And so you would be considered energy. You're a ball of light. You are extension of source or what we call God, okay? And so our, our energy body, our spirit, our soul, um, it, it experiences different things because it wants to expand and experience. And so those experiences might take place on another planet, or you might be an alien, or you might be on earth, or you might stay and help from a source position. And so 
there are lines of souls, so to speak, just sign dying to sign up to be here on earth. And when I tell that to people, they're like, what was I thinking? And I'm like, I understand because it is very complicated being human. Um, but your desire to be here and how difficult it is to get to be here is, is really pretty profound. And that really saves a lot of people's lives when I explain it that way, that they really chose their parents, they chose their experiences that they were going to have out of the desire to expand self, to have no judgment. Because right. when you've been the murderer and when you've been murdered, when you've been the good guy and when you've been the bad guy in each life, different experience, you lose judgment. Oh my God, Meredith, that is striking every chord with me. And I really think I'm not an expert in any of these fields, but when we achieve that level of non-judgment or when we make space for the concept, which is really difficult for some people to grasp for some reason, that the homeless person on the street is equal to the king in the castle. I feel like that's a level of heightened enlightenment that we're just, we're just not at yet. But I, I, I hear that and I feel that on every level. So here's my next question for you. You're talking about the souls being sort of recycled or coming back. When we come back as that second, third, fourth iteration, X number iteration, is it the complete soul or is it parts of um, this current existence that will go into the next one and it'll combine with another spiritual force? How does that look? Or is it always kind of one little capsule of a soul that just kind of moves discreetly through the dimensions? So that's a really great, great question. And it's one that I have had some experience with, um, where you see like a sliver of great grandma, you know, kind of infiltrating a, a, a child. And so you see a lot of that personality of that great grandmother in their daughter or whatever. Um, and then even in like my own personal past life regressions that I have done, I have been shown past lives that I still am not a hundred percent sure if I was just to experience and see that for the sake of seeing it, or if I was actually that past life person. So I believe that we're all from source. I believe that we're all sort of encapsulated, but that doesn't mean that we can't because, because energy does not know time nor space. So this past life that we're actually talking about right now is actually happening at this exact moment. That just totally blows my mind. So this multidimensionality concept, right? This 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 theory, I forget what it's called, but I know exactly and I've heard people talk about it. This concept that whatever energy form we're currently in is existing in other parallel universes simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which is why you can call on that moment when you were doing that child healing work and you could instantly be there right now. But here's here's my question, and I think critics come at this with this very valid sort of critique of the whole practice is, why don't we remember, if, if God is so divine, if God is so creative to have devised this whole process of reincarnation and evolution so that we do attain a higher state, why can't we easily recall past lives so that we can carry those lessons into the current life that we're in and do better? I love this so much. Thank you for asking this. So the, the whole purpose of this is not human. 
So, so, so it's not about Meredith. It's not about Sonny, right? We are just in a vehicle. And so if we had the answers to the test question, which is, hey, don't worry about getting over this abuse or don't worry about, yeah. you know, figuring this out because it's all nonsense, right? You have the answers. It's easy. We grow and learn through emotion, through experience. We cannot expand unless we have that mind, body, soul, emotion, connection, experience to really cement it into our soul and spirit, right? So we can't have the answers to the test questions or we don't learn anything just like in school. And so when, when people go, but this is a, these are horrible, horrible people. Yeah. But it's not about human. This is not never about human. Human is the vehicle by which our soul expands. This is a blip on the radar, this experience that we're in right now. So and what's so it leading to then Meredith, you know, and, and taking into account, I, I, I believe that we grow through adversity. It's very, very, specifically the yeah. difficult things form us, but what's it all leading to? So if you looked at the soul and, and I love that she brought out the chakras and the, and the aura pictures. Right. And so I look at every experience cause you'll see some people that have really difficult lives. And if you want to look at it and go, wow, that person has got like 10 lifetimes in this one life human experience. Right. So the goal is to keep, keep getting to peace, keep getting to non-judgment. It's kind of like the stuff that's in the Bible, but take out the religion where you're not judging. You are loving everyone as yourself, where you are not necessarily being the Buddha and sitting on the mountain, not being around the people, but it's allowing the people and also mm -hmm. not judging them. So it's this kind of awakening and raising of frequency until that we can come back zero judgment true enlightenment and now we are at one with source or what we call god which we can't fathom at all and so just like you if you if your kid murdered somebody you would still love them that is the same way that source energy feels about us retribution you deserve this these are all human concepts although i get it i'm i mean that's the thing. We can have understanding that the murderer is not the bad guy, that they're actually signed up for that role in a very difficult role in this lifetime. I know what I'm saying is very challenging. However, their role is still profoundly important to the rest of our journeys. And, and I tell this to people all that you were the bad guy in another life. And so how do you take that awareness and stop the judging of self and judging of others and get to love? When I hear you talk about that, it seems like the people who are affirmatively bad guys in this life are sacrificial in some way to the concepts that we end up learning collectively as humanity, right? Not that we praise them for their actions, but it's almost like if indeed what you're saying is true, that our souls have signed contracts to play certain roles on this earth, they're sacrificing their time here, walking away from being the good guy, being the bad guy, and being the lesson for all of us. It's a really hard concept to get your mind around, but I guess I can understand it in concept when I hear you say it like that. Yeah, it's a it's a very, very complicated, especially if you have been on the other side of the murderer. Right. Oh, if God. Yeah. I mean, the victim yeah. or your children have been the victim if you are the victim of, of the bad guy. But the thing of it is, is is again, it goes back to it's not about the human. 
So wait, let me hop in here, Meredith, because I want you to counsel those people. There have been plenty of people. Well, everybody has been on the receiving end of bad energy, bad acts, bad karma. Please give the people who have struggled with forgiveness, who have struggled with understanding this concept, something to comfort them, because I'm certain there are people, especially whose children have been hurt in some way that understandably don't want to see it like that. Yeah. And I have gotten so much because um, I've done TikTok videos about like forgiving is for yourself to release that energy. And people are like, I don't need to forgive. That's not necessary to move on. And my response to you is this. If you have that response, you have not moved on. And so forgiveness is for the person forgiving. It, my dad always said, um, you know, hating somebody is like taking poison and expecting the other guy to die. Right. And so forgiveness is to calm and relax your heart. It is not saying that what that person did was okay. It is definitely not saying that that person should be in your life, but it's saying, I'm not carrying this backpack any longer. I'm putting this backpack of bricks and sadness and anger and fury and putting it down. And, and, and I saw what you did and I know what you did and you're a broken human. And, and I think that when we stop putting humans on some like pedestal of perfection that they're able to even remotely attain, we start to recognize that we're all broken humans. Most of us are doing our best, but this is where you see because people go, well, then you're the abuser and then you're the murderer and then you're murdered and then you're the murderer. But see, that's when forgiveness comes in. That's when the karma stops. When we stop looking for retribution, when we stop looking to attack and hold these grudges, when we do have peace in our heart and love in our heart, which is extension of source. I mean, it really all makes sense when you look at like, I'm going to be the generation that stops the generation of trauma of X. Right. Yeah. Saying is, is I forgive. You know, it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate irony that God created humans to be prideful and vindictive. We have created entire systems of justice, which I firmly, as a human, believe in, that hold people accountable for their actions in a not an eye for an eye way, but pretty close. It's just very, our creator must have a giant sense of humor because if the ultimate goal is release forgiveness, he made us to be these creatures who seek retribution. Entire countries and civilizations have been devastated by our desire as individual people to conquer and to own and to infiltrate. And so it's, that's probably why I'm, it's so hard for us to reach that because he designed us to be innately how we are. And it goes against a lot of this stuff that you're saying. So I would suggest everyone when you're kind of, when you're kind of moving forward towards these concepts is really understand if you, if you go back to the Bible again, and this is, I'm not, I don't, I don't do church. I don't do organized religion, but if you go back to these different teachings, I really do believe that the devil is the voice in your head that tells you to really focus on these three dimensional human focuses, money, land, walls, mine, 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 you know, that these are these very three-dimensional human focus, right? And that's not why we're here. If you look at the spiritual and love, walking away or walking around ego, if you will, which is the three-dimensional, that's that five-dimensional, that's that higher self, that mm -hmm. higher frequency, spiritual way of moving towards a situation. So what I would say to someone is, 
is this a three-dimensional thing you know where the the devil is the prince of the of of the earth the voice in your head that says i have to have more i have to have mine that's my parking space you shouldn't have been rude to me while we were driving down the street and i should be able to be first in line this three-dimensional focus on on the physical human self or are we going towards love? Is it fear and ego or love and spirit? And that's going to tell you what you're actually leaning into. Because although human and uh, although the earth is created, okay, and we can have that focus of spirit, some people still are very focused on the 3D existence. And that's where you see the walls and the right. anger and the mind, 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 fear-based mentality. Give us some practical tips that transcend religious beliefs on how to connect with source, how to learn to let go and transcend the 3D to get to the 5D. Okay. So I have the weirdest thing ever, but it is literally a game changer. And so when I think, because everyone talks about hope, right? Oh, you got to have hope. You got to have hope. For me and the way I see it is hope is I will be happy if I get the job, the house, the boyfriend, the husband, the wife, the good body, the thin body, right? So I hope for these human 3D, let's go back, hope for these human 3D things to happen to my life, okay? But if they don't happen, X, okay? I say go at everything in faith, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that God in the universe and your higher self and your guides all have your back at all times. So wherever you are at, at any time, be it when I had breast cancer, when I went through my divorce, when I didn't get the house three months ago that I was trying, I know that I can settle into faith and know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm being pushed. I'm being pulled. I'm being nudged. I'm being helped. I'm being cared for to bring me to my higher fifth dimensional self awakened person. And so when I I'm in a bad place. Like the other day we went, <laughs> we went and got our kids' passports renewed and they're like, um, yeah, your vacation's in four weeks, but the renewal takes 10 weeks. And I started to get super hope. I got super 3D. And then as I stood at the counter at the post office, I just said, whatever is supposed to happen, you have to have faith. So it's a practice like yoga. It's a practice like eating healthy or going for a walk every day is knowing, getting back to stillness and say, I'm being taken care of all of the time. The fender bender is keeping you from the deadly accident. The plumber that is late is keeping you from something other. So I always look at any inconvenience any bit of late, any bit of difficulty, any bit, bit of frustration or what I see as being uh, hope broken, right, um, is you're being cared for. You're being protected. So I breathe into that. And that gives me so much peace. That is true faith and action on a daily basis. That's pr the practice of it. I love I love how you put that. Yeah. The practice of faith is every single moment of the day. Um, can you read me like right now? I don't know. Does, first of all, let me ask you this before we do this. And I know this is putting you on the spot. I didn't even tell you we were going to do this, but I just thought of it. Does everybody have a past life of some sort before we move on? So everybody has 
a forever existence. So you have always existed. So, but it might not be on this planet. You may have just always been up in source. You may have been on other planets or other realities or, um, again, there's three waves of volunteers and most of the people that are those waves of volunteers, they are very uncomfortable on this planet. They do not understand humans. None of this makes sense to them. They're very basically just they're very anxious, usually or depressed, or they just don't have a lot of friends. Humanity does not make sense to them. So if that speaks to you, you might be one of those volunteers. And I would suggest looking at that reading, but we've always, always been, and you always, always will be, you cannot die. You can physically human die, but you will always exist. I love, I think it was Abraham Hicks. So that's another um, great um, uh, place of reference, Abraham Hicks. And, and she talks about the fact that like when you're on the other side and you are, you know, dead back at source, um, it, they laugh because like, why do we cry? We would never cry at the end of the movie, but we get sad if someone dies. And, and it's like, it's just a movie. We're all like in a matrix. We're all playing a part. So you can't die. You can die, but you can't die. So it's kind of cool. Blowing my mind. No, it's so cool. It's a forever energy loop is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Can you, we do something fun? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure we can't do a live past regret past life regression because that requires some level of hypnosis or calming, like, doesn't it? Or am I wrong? I mean, I can look at it. So if I were to look at you right now, I would say that your third eye is profoundly powerful and you probably are very clairvoyant. So can you pack a car? Can you um, see things before they're going to happen? Do you live mostly in your mind through visuals? So they're really focusing on that third eye, that you're a very visual learner. Everything that you exist are is very visual. And of course, the spoken word. So that's next. Although, as I'm looking at you, they're telling me that you are a little overwhelmed at this point. And as soon as I start talking about that, it's with the holidays coming, you have a lot of decisions to make. And you're, so you're a little bit undecided because they're putting all this pressure on your shoulders right now. And so as soon as I start talking about that, you really need a lot of support. So they're showing the hips. So they use your body to talk to me. And so they'll use different things to come forward. And so you just can't get your hand wrapped around something that is your motherly feminine self because they're talking about your right wrist. And so they're like, she just can't reach her hand around it. Why are you having wrist pain? What does that, what does that mean? Can't like the feminine. So well, like the when I do, yeah. So when I do a reading, um, and they show me the different sides of the body or um, different parts of the body. It's their way of talking about either your feminine side. So the part of you that is nurturing, the part of you that takes care of things, that's creative, that energy or the masculine side, the decision maker, the, the business person, the, the getter of things done, the hunter gathering energy or it could actually be a woman in your life or a girl in your life or a man in your life. So it kind of is both. So sometimes it has to have a conversation as, so when, when I'm seeing that you can't get your hand around the feminine, so it's probably one of your daughters or like your mom or somebody in that energy that you just can't figure it out. <laughs> That's so interesting. Or it could even mean, I, I think right now, and I think this is a battle that so many women have, I have a really hard time being totally candid with unplugging from my masculine, get things done for my relationship where sometimes I need 
to step back. I need to lean into, I did a whole episode on feminine energy with a woman who coaches women on leaning into that. And I think that's probably what it is, is I personally have a real issue sometimes turning off the to-do list and turning off the sunny version that just checks things off the list and takes care and leaning into that relaxation and that, you know, that feminine energy. So I'm certain that's what it is. And I've really been trying to slow down for that reason. And I, and I actually coach a lot of female entrepreneurs um, because women, women are so multifaceted. Mm -hmm. We wear so many hats and for us, all of existence lives in our minds. And so as we're making dinner, we have already put away all the laundry in our head. We are in bed figuring out what we're going to watch on TV tonight. And we know what we're going to wear and do all day tomorrow. So we are constantly living outside of our bodies. And so in that sense, not only are we multifaceted, not only do we live outside of our bodies all day long, but since we live in our minds, it takes us about 20 to 30 minutes to switch gears. We expect ourselves to go from being mom breastfeeding to wife and go to bed and try to switch that gear off and be business owner and then be soft with our kids and mm -hmm. have fun at dinner and listen to music and dance. Like it's literally shifting all these gears and switching all these, these light switches all day long. And we give ourselves zero patience to do it. So 20 to 30 minutes is my, is my time frame. Yep. 20 to 30 minutes. And I tell people that all the time, like when you're getting into bed, you will have to allow yourself 20 to 30 minutes to shift from mom to you know, or, or dad or biz. That's why when men have a, like a 30 minute drive home from work, it's a game changer because they're able to process their day, switch gears, enter back into the house and not bring their whole day with them. But because of the fact that so many of us females are at home, the lines are blurred everywhere. And we think we're going to go from, you know, barf on our shirt, breastfeeding mom to, you know, sexy kitten at night, you know, like, and we give no patience to ourselves to switch that gear. And we really do need to. And the, the good thing to do with this is to imagine actually that character where you are jovial, you are the jester in the kitchen with the family and you're light spirited, but you can be the general at work if need be, but then you also can be, you know, a sensual person um, in your other parts of your life. So really seeing these archetypes play out within us and give us time and space to get there. <sighs> it's so hard being a woman, Meredith. <laughs> Even possible, but it's also fun. It's the best. I would never want, in my next life, mark this down, God, I don't want to be a guy. I feel like <laughs> it's the ultimate affirmation to live as female, I really do. I th I've said this many times before. The price, the the admission price is much higher, but the show is much better. I, I really believe it that. Really, really is. And we're. We, I think that women, if they really understood, like that's why we have, you know, our hairstyles are different and our clothes are different. Like one day we might be jeans and t-shirt, and the next day we're sequins and dresses because we are and have so many experiences living inside of us, so many desires. And that's why that creativity and that creation is such a focused chakra, which is that that sacral chakra underneath um, the belly button there, which is where our uterus is, you know. And so that energy, that feminine creation energy, I, I heard something recently and it was like, if God is anything, 
she is a woman because she is a creator and who is a bigger creator than a female. So like, take, <laughs> take that with you today. Um, but really honoring our feminine side, but also recognizing that we also do have that beautiful masculine energy too, that really pushes and goes and decision and all that other stuff. So we need to have that balance in all of us, men mm -hmm. and women. I love that. We're getting comments, guys. Um, so thank you if you're sending some in live. I do want to mention that we have just several questions. I forgot to put the question block up earlier in Instagram. We have a couple of questions though that came in there. I do want to get to this one though, which came in um, just as we're talking here from Mickey. And she says, those past lives are probably gut feelings we get or how we get upset over things and have no idea what we're feeling. Do you agree with that? That the gut is the gut feeling, the instinct, the intuition, actually a spiritual calling. So it's a little bit of both, but I always tell people to make all of their decisions in their gut because their head is filled with church and school and parents and social media and all that stuff. And then our hearts are kind of drippy and achy sometimes. So to go down to that gut, when you see when you see those past lives, it's going to be the people that are the most irritating in your life. The biggest push, your mom, your dad, your spouse, your best friend from school, your kids, they are the molders of us. They, we are all pawns in each other's lives. So look at your most ferocious pawn in your life. The one that pushes you, pushes your buttons to heal, pushes your buttons to forgive, pushes your buttons to love, pushes your buttons to be more than you are right now. People are like, oh my God, I don't want to have to have any more buttons pushed. But the beauty is, is those are the people that have traveled with you, that you do have soul contracts with to come into this life because before you came here and I tell people this because I love the visual it was like you and the most irritating person in your life you're like okay so you're gonna be irritating and that's gonna teach me to forgive and love on you know and so we're gonna do this together in this lifetime and that's literally what it looks like you chose your parents no matter how much they make you crazy and so so the 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 irritating person or that thing that you don't know why you're afraid of or that that calls to you, that is a lot of past life stuff. So that's our calling to work through that conflict or to face that challenge. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm thinking of several relationships right now and I, it, that rings true. You know, yeah. it's, it's a constant. But for me, the relationships are a little outside of my immediate circle. Well, not all the time, but it's so hard to learn a lesson, <laughs> Meredith, especially as you're talking about interacting with some regularly. It's so hard to remember the lesson repeatedly. Like I feel like I've reached a point sometimes with certain people in my life that are in some form or fashion triggering. And I say, oh, look at you. You're finally at the apex of understanding. You understand that it's this or that, or it's not you and it's not them. It's just this. And then I'm every time I am ex around that person or have a similar experience, it's like I have to do it all over again. How many times do we as soul beings have to revisit that lesson for it to not be the immediate response we have when we're around that person? Yeah. And a lot of times that those what you're calling immediate responses when we're around that person. So 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 many people think that the lesson is to suffer. The lesson is never to suffer. Sometimes the lesson is to love yourself enough to never go back, hmm. to love yourself. And I'm actually in that place right now with the decision that I'm coming to is, do I want to press and push my peace 
for this situation or am I going to honor my initial reaction, which is this person cannot be in my life. And so the lesson is never, ever, ever to suffer. That is a Christian thing. That is a religious thing. That is a patriarchy thing. And we need to undo that because and uh, never. And so I would ask you is if you are your higher self watching, would you want you to suffer or would you want you to love yourself enough to get out? And so if you're in a situation and I make TikToks on this all the time, if you're in a situation that is making you ill, that is not bringing you to your highest self, get out. Because no, all the things that I have done in my life and all the places that I have been and all the challenges I have been through, I could not be sitting here in front of you and helping people throughout all over the world. I have appointments with people from Dubai to California to, to Asia. I could not be here if I was ill, if I was in pain, if I, if my husband was, you know, fighting with me this morning, that's not, that's not the goal here. The goal is to have peace and to be in a space of love. I love that. I had a specific question come in on Instagram where someone was asking about having dreams about their past loved one. And if that's a sign of some sort, and if so, how to interpret that. So when you have, that would be like a visitation, um, and I've had really cool visitations from friends' parents after they've died. Right. Unfortunately, they're, yeah. Right. And and the one friend, her, her dad came to me and he's like, you have to tell her I'm in a bag in a drawer and they're going to cremate me. This is so cool. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I, you know, I'm like, is your dad getting cremated by chance? She's like, yes. I'm like, okay. Um, but when you remember them, when they are not fleeting. So a fleeting dream is going to be more like just like a dream. It's you're processing something. So I counsel people all the time who have lost someone, but they're working through or they're fleeting or like you can see the loved one slowly each, each dream kind of moving away. That's allowing you to process that grief. That's allowing you to process that separation. But when they come and you're hanging out and it's fun and you remember that forever and ever and ever, that is a visitation. They are coming to spend time with you for some healing reason. They're always coming to help and heal. Uh, I'm thinking of three dreams in particular. And one of them was one of my best friends in the world whose mom passed away. And this is always weird. I don't consider myself a medium or a psych, but I do consider myself a deeply feeling person. And another one was about... Um, a really good friend of mine in college who passed away. And I'm always hesitating to tell their loved ones who are still here about these dreams because it feels invasive, invasive in a way. And I ask myself, well, why are they coming to me? Like in the, in the case of, I guess in the case of these two people, it was a little understandable, but it's hard because you feel like a real wackadoo being like, and they had specific messages. And in one case, um, the person who was drinking a lot, this still gives me chills. When she passed, it was due to issues that she had had relating to alcoholism. And when I saw her in my dream, she had no hands. And she said, I can't, I'm not hurting myself. I can't hurt myself anymore. As if she could not pick up Meredith. It gives, makes me, it was so powerful, but conveying that to someone felt dirty in a way, like to the person, because it made me feel like should I know this? Should I be telling you this? Yeah. So, so 
I actually put on Facebook years ago, if anyone's watching this that follows me, I said, if I saw something about you, would you want me to tell you? And I will tell you that 100% of the people responded, sweet Lord, yes, please tell me. That's one. Two, we are all psychic. We are all mediums. I just focus on it. I've just studied it. If I were to have gone to medical school, I'd be a brain surgeon by now, right? And so I have so focused on really understanding this This that I'm seeing is not of me. So this is of Sunny. This that I'm seeing is not of me. So I'm able to kind of walk around that ego and filter to get to the message. But we are all psychic mediums. So the fact that you're getting that message, imagine that you're in in spirit world, right? And they're like, oh, Sunny, she's, she, she's sensitive. She can get this message to our friend. So that's what, it's like they see a white light coming out of the top of our heads and they're like, she's a live one. She can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they're visiting you and not your friend. And so know that even though you see that message of no hands as being aggressive or, or scary or whatever, when that person hears that message from you, your spirit person that delivered that message already knows that it's going to be healed heal, and healing. So you do not need to filter. You do not need to fix. I actually have a mediumship 101 class on my website um, that deals with this exact thing. Because for myself, like my husband, he works for Major League Baseball. I can't be running around the baseball field when I'm going to visit him giving people readings. So I have rules. I will only deliver a healing message. I only deliver messages to people that are in appointments. Um, I only get messages between eight in the morning and eight at night, unless I'm having a party, doing a party at someone's house. Um, so I have rules to keep me safe and allow me to be this three-dimensional human. I don't want spirit invading my thoughts at Starbucks and Target and you know at the baseball field. Right. I have to live a normal life but they can still see that you can do this. And that's why you're getting the messages. That's crazy. It makes me feel really weird. <laughs> and not only that, they are relentless. You will never forget that message until it's delivered. Yeah. Oh my God. It's true. And it, it not, you know, it gnaws at you because you, you know, I would, like you said, on the other hand, I would want to know if someone yeah. felt that they had been visited by someone dear to me that had passed the whole thing. Um, we only have a couple of minutes left here, but I do want to ask you this just sort of to round things out. Are we all constantly surrounded by spirit and are we surrounded by those specifically that we've loved and who have passed on? Everybody always wants to know this. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, like I'll do readings for people and I'll see like grandma or grandma or grandpa is jumping around helping the newborns and they don't, we don't need their help right now because they're dealing with your sister's kids or something like that. But when you call on or think of somebody, just like when you think of a friend and then they literally call you on the telephone, that's exactly how spirit works. But it's even more immediate because energy does not know time or space. So, and this is what a lot of people ask. And I think that this might help. Energy doesn't know time or space, and we're all reincarnated. So who am I reading? Who's the dead person? Are they still in heaven, right? But you can actually be reincarnated, and I would still be able to read your original spirit because it's by way of you. So even if you're reincarnated, even if you're not reincarnated, you are still that soul energy, and it can be tapped into. So 
it's it's just it, it's very complex, but it's actually kind of easy when you start getting really like scientific about it, which is cool. Uh, I feel like you've broken it down in just a really um, digestible way for everybody. And I'm, I'm on board with everything that you've said. And I've said this many times on the podcast, but I feel that religion for everyone is a tool to get to a higher spiritual place. And, you know, we all have to come at our own belief systems in a different way. But I think when I hear someone like you who kind of marries the concepts of so many religions and belief systems, it just feels encouraging to me that even though how we show it on earth may look different, that we're all sort of working toward the same elevation. It's so good. I love it so much. And it's so true. And the more you, the more you walk into it and do research and really tap into that part of yourself, the answers are all in you. No one needs me. No one needs crystals. No one needs, you know, religion. No one needs any of it. God gave all of you, you. And so that is where the answers will be found in the buttons that can be pushed and the people in your life that are pushing you to be more and, you know, whatever. So, so just know that, that this is actually a, a beautiful relationship, love and self. And that's where you're headed. I love it. Meredith, thank you so, so much for talking to me today. Tell everybody where we can follow, where we can read your stuff and where we can watch your stuff. Oh, yes. I am uh, MeredithWillets.com and she's going to have that in like show notes or whatever. And it's up on the screen. Um, and then my podcast is Meredith with a W-H-Y, Meredith with a Y. And it's everywhere podcasts can be found. And you can also find me on TikTok, um, Meredith with a Y as well. Um, and then on Instagram, Meredith Willett. So I'm, and you can find all that by way of my website and I do one-on-one -on -one appointments and I do zoom calls every other Wednesday with groups of people. So we can just chat just like this and ask questions. It's super fun. So thank you so very much for having me today. This has been so fun. I love talking about this stuff and, you know, educating people that there's, there's more out there than just this, you know, we're, 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 we're forever beings, which is beautiful. Oh, we need to hear that healing message right now, I feel. Yeah. Meredith, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sonny. I really appreciate being here. It means a lot. Right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Meredith. Thank you guys so much for listening to and or watching this episode of We Gotta Talk. Um, as always, we'd love if you would leave a rating and review. That actually helps so much to get these podcasts out to people who might find them interesting or helpful in some way. And this podcast in particular, I feel like needs to be heard by a lot of ears because Meredith is very wise. Um, the website is wegotatalk.com slash blog. That's where we do a bunch of fun posts where we summarize all of our guests and Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. -T -T -A. Thanks guys. We'll be back next week with more goodness here on We Gotta Talk. Bye.